welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Jacob. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and with me, I got Kevin and Orchard. And today we got a lot to talk about because another week of heat basketball has went by us just like that. And, you know, we, we watched like four or five games since the last pod we did. And um, let's just say there's some stuff that we really got to talk about because, you know what, I don't know, I'm kind of mixed because since our last pod, the Heat did get two wins, one of them against the defending champions in Golden State and then a win against Sacramento, but that was kind of a hard-fought win, and I don't know why we're trying to fight this hard against teams that are trash. Like, I really don't understand it, but let's focus on this most recent game, because in case y'all didn't know, the Heat beat Charlotte last night, and keep in mind, Charlotte was 3-9 and nine heading into this game, and while the Heat were able to get the job done, the Heat were up 15 at one point, only to be down by like four or five points come a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. And you know what? I'm not going to give the Heat too much hate, I guess, for blowing a lead because at the end of the day, you know what? We've been watching this team play basketball for years now. And to get mad at the Heat for blowing a lead is like getting mad at Tristan Thompson for cheating. Like, at the end of the day, it keeps happening over and over again. Like, can you honestly be angry at this point if you know it's just going to keep happening? So, yep, the Heat blew another lead. Not much you can really say about that. But I don't know. The thing that kind of bothers me is that it took Jimmy Butler having a really good game. In case y'all didn't know, this man had 35 points. And he ended up playing 42 minutes last night. He had to do all of this to beat a team that is 3-9 in Charlotte. I I don't want to be too negative. A win is a win, so shout-outs to the Heat for getting their fifth win of the season. But I don't know, man. Like, why are we out here fighting for our lives against the Charlotte Hornets? Come on. the what What have the Hornets accomplished? Like, they are not the defending champions. They are not these Eastern Conference contenders. They're not even dark horses. And we're taking in all this effort to beat them. Like, I honestly don't know. And it it sucks to see Jimmy having to bowl out like this. Because at the end of the day, like, I have no problem with Jimmy having these types of games where he has to put the team on his back. But, like, you don't want to see it that often. And the fact that we had to see him have this type of game against the Charlotte Hornets, like, if it would be one thing if it was against the Celtics or the Bucks or a team like that. But, nah, we had this man play 42 minutes and drop 35 on the Charlotte Hornets just so we could barely win the game. And I just don't know how to feel about that. You know, I don't want to be too negative. So, like I said, great win for the Heat, I guess. And, you know, hopefully we can get above 500 soon. But even then, even though we won the game, like, you still got to look at those negatives. And you still can't really be 
completely optimistic even seeing the Heat win this type of game. So I just want to turn the mic to you guys and want to know how you guys feel. And um, Kevin, I'm going to start off with you. Man, um, I look at it like it's a good win. You know, every single win in the NBA is not guaranteed and it's hard fought and earned. And I know it's the Hornets without LaMelo and some of their better players. I understand it completely. Trust me. But like, I'm not going to say that it's all good and we're all in the clear. Like this was an ugly win. You know what I'm saying? We only shot 27% from the three point line. We got out rebounded by plus 12 or by minus 12. Um, and they blocked way more shots than us. They blocked, I want to say, or they, yeah, they blocked two to one, which is not way more. But what I'm saying is that even though as, as bad as we played as a team, somehow we still got this win. And that's a big credit to Jimmy Jansport Butler. That's his new nickname is Jansport because ever since he's come down to South Beach since 2019, he has been carrying the Miami Heat. And we got to give him his respect because I say it all the time, like, this dude has literally done everything that you could have ever asked out of him. People question that max contract when they gave it to him um, a couple of years ago and the extension too, but he's lived up to that and passed more. And I hate that he had to do so much in this game because he just should not have had to. Like these type of performances, we don't need, we shouldn't have to really expect too much of it in the regular season, but in the playoffs, that's, that's when he brings it out. But this should only be a, a rare occurrence in the regular season, like once a month, maybe twice a month at best. So like, I'm not mad at it. I'm glad that he closed out the game for us, but God just got to be better. You know what I'm saying? We can't keep having these long offensive droughts where no buck is being produced, and it just looks like we're stale as always because that's kind of been the case since we got Jimmy. The offense just kind of flattens out when he's not cooking, and that's a problem. And so I do want to give the Hornets a little bit of credit. Like Ke Kelly Oubre was going crazy. Dennis Smith Jr. looks amazing. I'm glad that he's back in the league doing his thing. I hope he gets healthy soon. I know he hurt his ankle, but – Outside of that, like, with our record and with how we've been playing recently, like, I'll take any win right now, but this team has got to get better. And I guess it starts, you know, up up top, you know, with the front office trying to make a move or two because right now we need it. We need a connecting guy like a Jay Crowder or a P.J. Tucker. Like, we, we don't have that type of guy on this team. Theoretically, it's supposed to be Caleb Martin, but nothing against Caleb. He's just not that. Or if he, if he is going to be that, he's not that right now, you know, as this team's biggest need when we need it the most. So, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm too worried. I'm not going to sit here and say that everything's going to be okay, but they got to find a way to get this done because they're a small team right now too. The defense is nowhere near as elite as it was last year. It's not even elite right now. It's just okay. could be way better, should be way better. So Spo going to have to really get deep in his bag with this team because he's running out of options right now. Right. And, you know, another thing to mention, it's like we're out here doing eight-man rotations and – these types of games and you know it's not even the playoffs because like you know obviously we know Spo likes to run out with that when it's time for the playoffs to start but this is only game 12 of the season and we're seeing these types of rotations come out and I feel like it's just stuff like that that shows you exactly how low we are when you look at the depth this team has and everything and that's why I do hope a trade happens soon just something to sort of add on to the very little depth that we have. Because like I mentioned before, Jimmy having to play like 42 minutes in a game against the Charlotte Hornets of all teams, like it's insane and it should not lead to that point. That man should have been getting some time on the bench and taking it easy. He should not be 
pouring his heart out on the floor like this for a random game in the regular season. So that's just what I got to say. And, like, Orchard, what's on your mind, man? Man, I was so confident coming into this game because last year I think we beat Charlotte in all their, all of our matchups, you know, and, and at least two of those games we we were, like, up by double digits for most of the game. And, you know, we seem to have that flow in this game, and it's been like that for the last couple of games where the first three quarters are pretty solid, and it was pretty solid. Like, I think we maintained the lead for the most of the time, but as usual, the, the Heat did their Heat thing and had a fourth quarter collapse, and... Listen, the, the I'm not going to blast our defense entirely because Charlotte was making some tough shots. Like, Oubre, this man, I mean, this man was just going off from three. I think he had, like, seven of them. And sometimes it's just really hard to stop a team that's on fire. But the important part is that we need to make sure that in transition or on the other side of the floor that we're replicating that. And we could have. And that's what frustrates me because you had guys like Gabe Vincent who had open threes and they are just missing them. We need we need some guy like that can hit an open shot, you know. And I don't I don't know. Like I think last year we had at least one guy each game that would do that. But it seems like this so far this season, either everyone's on fire or everyone's struggling. And it just feel it felt like that. Even though like maybe the stat sheet won't show you that, just felt like that. Like guys like Max and Gabe just weren't able to hit their shots. And obviously, you know, you guys covered the rebounding issue. It's just rebounding is what wins us the game we cannot like i remember i don't know before before uh, during this game but i know before we played the hornets we're like tied for the third worst rebounding team in the league it's probably worse now and that's just compl- that's just very concerning because we know rebounding wins this game last year it was the biggest component to uh, our success i think um but i i think i think we had a lot of factors that had to go right for us for the, to pull off this game you know um, I like that everyone was being aggressive. You know, Jimmy had to go on his 8-0 run. Uh, Ubre had that turnover late in overtime. I, I don't I don't know how to feel about it. Of course, I'm happy we won the game, but I also know that we're not going to have these things happen over and over where we have so, like, everything had to go right for us in order, in order for us to win that game. And so I just don't want us to be in that situation. And I really feel like we should consider putting Jimmy on the bench sooner because the trend is that we're blowing leads right and so if even if jimmy's on the floor and we're blowing leads like it's just i i i just rather we rest him if we know we're gonna blow the lead so that way we can put him earlier in the fourth quarter um and yeah i i just don't want him to play 42 minutes and have to nearly drop a 35 point triple double and i think the thing that really won us the game was really charlotte's turnovers we just we took so much advantage of that. We scored thirty points off of their twenty-one turnovers, and that was great. And probably again, probably ultimately won us the game. But besides that, man, we have a lot to adjust in the fourth quarter. Right. And Kevin, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I'll say another thing we need to be better at is transitional offense, man. Like I went and looked at it. I think we're we were definitely ranked in like the bottom half of the league, and I think close to the bottom than middle of the pack. And that's been a problem. Like, you've got to be able to capitalize on those easy opportunities. And Kyle Lowry, historically, he's been good at that. And I don't even want to get on Kyle, but I think it's a whole team issue. Like, it starts with the point guard, yeah, most definitely. But we could be way more better in the fast break and transition. Because right now, I feel like we play at way too slow, slow of a pace. And it's kind of hindering us, especially because 
we already know we're not that good of a half court offensive team. So I think that's a big issue too that needs to be figured out somehow, some way. And I think that's probably one of the more easier fixes than the other problems we got right now. Right. And Orchard, is there anything you want to put in too? Oh, I, I totally agree, agree with you about our pace. I just noticed that we're just moving too slowly and it just does not work with our offense. I mean, especially with, with, with our three-point struggle. Like, I, I noticed that there's too many times where we just run out the clock in the final minutes. And that I feel like that's a huge issue because we try to, we, we try to like, run out the whole clock and then try to design a play with, like, five seconds on the shot clock. And with the way our, we're struggling from the three-point line, it's just not good because I think defenses are realizing that. And so they're just making sure to clog up the paint and then make sure that we're hitting super contested shots. And that's just – it's it's not reliable because in transition, they're, they're just hitting threes on us. And can't we can't have that. We can't, we can't just hope that someone from our side is going to hit a clutch shot like – Jimmy did um, when he went on his 8-0 run. Just we can't. It's not. It's not reliable. It's not going to happen every game. It didn't happen. It didn't happen against Port. I mean, it did happen against Portland, but we weren't able to close out how we wanted to. And I felt like a lot of it was that we just kept running out the clock and we just couldn't get a quality shot off. Right. And you know, overall, like it's just you want to see this team succeed, but. You know, when you look at a game like this, you know, and I keep mentioning it, and I feel like I have to, like, against the Hornets of all teams, and you're out here and you're showing these visible struggles, and it just comes off this red flags because you can't help but wonder, like, you know, if you're going to have struggles like this and you're having to do stuff like put out a whole eight-man rotation, like only 12 games into the season, I feel like that alone tells you exactly how low, what's the word I'm looking for, depth this team has and exactly how much red flags this team, red flags this team has too. So overall, I mean, shoot, like I always try to be optimistic. So, you know, I, being the Heat fan that I am, I'm hoping we figure it out and hopefully we can because I know a lot of this stuff is new. Like, for example, Caleb Martin is our starting power forward. You know, this and a lot of stuff that's going on with our team is stuff that we haven't really experimented with before. So overall, maybe it's just Miami trying to figure stuff out and hopefully they will. But one thing that I think we're all um, on the same page with for sure is the fact that we need to see a trade and there are definitely stuff that the Heat should work on. And like, you know, you mentioned it, Kev, like, Jay Crowder, I mean, I'll say this. I'm not against Jay Crowder. It just simply depends on what we give up for him. But, like, if we could just get any sort of forward, like, come in and do their thing, you know, that would be perfect for this team. And, you know, before we continue, we do have a quick word from our sponsors. Um, NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Um, this upcoming game, the Heat are going to be playing uh, the Hornets again. So 
I'm hoping that he got the win. And, you know, me being the Heat fan that I am, I'm always going to bet on them. So there you go. But with that all being said, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to place all my bets when it comes to the NBA. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And that's basically it. Now, getting further into the show, I want to talk about recent news that we heard about a certain player for the Heat. And that's none other than Omar Yurtsevin. Now, as we mentioned, we're lacking depth. And one of the main reasons for it is because not one, but two guys that we were kind of going into the season hoping that they would have good roles on this team for was Victor Oladipo and Omer Yurtsevin. And, you know, we know about the things that Victor is going through. It's very unfortunate. And, you know, hopefully things can look up for him. But just when you thought things couldn't get worse, the recent news about Omer Yurtsevin came out. To those who didn't hear, the news is basically that Omer is set to miss even more games, and there's a chance that he could need surgery, and if he is to take this route, he could end up missing the remainder of the season. And I honestly don't know how to feel about that. You know, we talk about Victor and the amount of hope we had for him. Like before the season started, there was hope that maybe he could be our sixth man of the year. But, you know, now we don't know when he's going to play. Omer Yurtsevin, on the other hand, I mean, I really don't know what to say about him specifically because there was a lot of hope for him too. Like, I know there was a lot of Pete fans that was trying to push the agenda that he should be our new starting four. There was also Heat fans stating that, you know, he would probably be a better backup center than Deadman. But, you know, before we can even get a chance to try any of that stuff out, you know, this happens. And I honestly don't know how to feel. And, you know, it just makes it worse for Miami when you have not one, but two players that were supposed to play important roles this year you know, on the, in this situation where they could potentially miss, you know, a big chunk of games or potentially the whole season when you specifically look at your situation. So, like, what do you guys feel? Like, how do you guys feel when you look at these injuries and what's going through your mind? We'll start off with you, Orchard. Um, For Victor Oladipo, man, I, I can't... I was really praying that nothing would happen and it's just really unfortunate that it's it's happening and I feel bad for him, man, because he he went he he you know, he went, opened up about his struggles last year and you know, after his playoff performance, you know, he did struggle a little bit towards the end of the postseason, but he still had some very good flashes and I I mean I was really I was really keen on the fact that he become a big role player for us this year. Maybe not the starting lineup, but definitely, like you were saying, like a candidate for me, sixth man of the year, because I thought he, I mean, his offense is just, it would have been really helpful for us. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still hopeful because, you know, there's no confirmation they got for the rest of the season. So, you know, we just got to hope that he comes back at least sometime before the trade deadline, because we don't want something like last year where we had to start playing him towards the end of the season. And then, you know, 
it was it was a huge it was a, I remember like last year when we had or last season when we were having our podcast we had a lot of questions about whether Victor Oladipo would make the rotation or not because he's coming back so late and it's so again it's just I'm a little worried that if he comes back so late we're gonna have the same dis- discussion and when you once you go through so many injuries like eventually you know you know you're not always gonna bounce back and be as successful and you know that's just my big worry for him and I, I'm really hoping that he's fine. For Yurtsevin, I'm also really disappointed because I do not want to see this man Dwayne Dedman as our backup five anymore. And I think Yurtsevin would be the perfect backup because I think a lot of Heat fans are forgetting what happened last season where he was like, I think among centers, he was like leading the league in like a double-double streak or something. I think he was like 13 straight games with the double-double. And I I just think he he's he'd be so valuable for our roster and Again, I'm really hoping that he's not out for the rest of the season because we could definitely use him, um, whether whether it's as a backup five or maybe even consider putting him at the four because we know that our big problem right now is rebounding, and he definitely would help with that issue. Um, and that that's what I got to say for that. Right. And you, Kevin? Like what you hit on, man, it's super unfortunate for Depot because, I mean, he's been through – a couple of different catastrophic injuries um, and, you know, a botched surgery where the surgeon literally didn't do a surgery, right? I couldn't even imagine how that feels. And for him to be out even more sucks because just like last year, like I know a lot of people didn't think Depot was going to be in the rotation come playoff time, but I said on this very show that Spo was going to have no choice but to end up playing Depot. And when he was playing, he was impactful on both sides of the floor, especially defensively, but offensively too. He gave you a little juice and a little spark, and he wasn't even all the way back to his regular self, not the all-star self. I don't think we'll ever see that again, unfortunately. But when he is not rusty and he's acclimated to playing games, he could give you something offensively. So that has been a huge injury that, I mean, I guess you can't even say it's random because, again, he's been hurt for the past few years, but it's just a big blow. And for Yurt, like, I'm at the point now where it's like we haven't even seen that much of them. We've seen a little bit last year, but I've been saying this for a couple years now, but go get DeMarcus Cousins, bro. DeMarcus Cousins is chilling right now. He's not doing anything. He's just hooping, and he adds some things that this team desperately needs, especially on the offensive side of the floor when it comes to spacing, knocking down threes, not being stupid. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Spo will make sure that he's straight, like, I think that would be a perfect fit for this team, man, because he just he gives you something that you need and that you've been missing. He can make plays, he's a very underrated playmaker. So it, to me, it's just like with your, I don't like even when he comes back or if he does come back, hopefully he does. Like, what are we even going to get that we know he's going to benefit to this team? You know, like rebounding more than likely, yes. But, and I know we've, we've hit on that. We need that. But, like, I don't think he's going to be the dude to just solve it all by himself. Like, so. Me personally, I'm always going to go get DeMarcus Cousins. Hopefully, Tyler can heal up soon because we need his services back badly, um, even though he needs to be better too offensively. But right now, this team is just so limited offensively that you really can't take any injuries, especially to the two guys in Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero that you rely upon offense in the most. And, you know, Bam's probably a quick third when it comes to his own buckets and trying to get everybody else um, involved in the offense. So, yeah, man, it's tough. You just you just got to get guys healthy, bro. That's all it comes down to. 
Yeah, and I gotta say, I really agree about Demarcus Cousins. I was actually thinking about bringing that up. I would, I'd love him on the team. I'm not sure exactly. I, I, I'm last I checked, there might have been some tax issue why we couldn't get him, but I would, I mean, I, I would love to find a way to get him on the team because he, his size is really what we need. His rebounding, I think you, you covered what, what qualities we need from him, and I think he's perfect for it. And again, regarding the injuries, man, we're just the way our roster is constructed. We just we really need our role players healthy because I feel like our team is such a next man uh, up mentality. And so if our role players are down, it's just it like there's nothing to do about it. Like we just struggle and can't get any consistency. We just need we need we need a spark from from these guys because last year that was what happened. We had all these guys stepping up, and it just seems like this year we just we can't get something where one guy is on fire, but then the next guy is inconsistent. It seems like everyone is on the same path, whether they're struggling at the same time or they're going off at the same time. So we just we need it. We need as many role players healthy as possible because we just need a variety of help. Right. And, you know, so before we head on to next topic, all we can really say is prayers up to Depot and your hopefully we can see them guys play real soon, Um, especially because, as you guys mentioned, like this team needs guys like them to come in, especially when the depth is really low right now. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like we got whole eight man rotations at this early point of the season. So, you know, these guys, they're definitely needed. And, Hopefully, you know, we can get them soon. But, you know, if not, we just got to work with the hand that God has given us. So, you know, I want to move on to this next topic. And the reason why is because it's something that's been on my mind for a bit. And, um, you know, we were we were discussing this a little bit before the show went live. And, you know, what we were talking about was, you know, the Heat being able to stay above 500. And we know they're going to do that. I strongly believe this team will be able to get more than 41 wins by the time the season ends. But my main question, though, is when will we see the Heat stay above 500 and stay there for the remainder of the season? The reason why I want to ask this question is because I feel like something that really bugged us in the 2021 season was the fact that it took us, it was such a fight just for us to stay above 500. And if you are a team that's trying to compete for a championship, something like staying above 500 is not a thing you should be concerned about, you know, at a deep point into the season. Like it should not be a worry. Same thing goes with, you know, making sure you don't finish as a playing team. Like if you believe that you can win a championship, you know, worrying about finishing below the six seed is not something that a championship team should be concerned about. So overall, like, I feel like just simply staying above 500 and not having to make that such a huge challenge is something that the Heat should worry about, just simply making sure that they don't have to be in that type of situation. So I want to hear from you guys, like, do you guys see the Heat staying above 500 and doing it very soon? Like, if so, how much games into the season in which you can see something like that take place? Uh, we'll start off with you, Kevin. Man, I was looking at the schedule, and I'll probably say it's going to happen sometime within early December. I know that sounds crazy because we're 
on the 11th day of November as we're recording this now. So that's a little bit of time. But when I just look at it, man, like we play a tough schedule, like a tough schedule. And honestly, like I can't even say it's a tough schedule. Like this is just the NBA now. Like it's so much talent to me is more talent than it's ever been. Every team has damn near two stars, if not at least one for the most part. It's never been like that before in NBA history. And now it's just like, bro, like I said earlier, every night is going to be a dogfight. Even if you get a blowout win, you're going to have to earn that blowout win. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the Kings in the Orlando Magic aren't gimme games anymore. You know, you can't just go in there and just expect to get handed a dub. Like, we've seen it a couple weeks ago where we lost in Sacramento. Like, it happens. So, I think it's probably going to be more than likely like early December. And, you know, we have a stretch where I think we play, looking at it right here, we play the Pistons, I believe the Pacers, um, OKC, Houston, and San Antonio. And that's the that starts on December 6th. And we play again. We play the Pistons, the Clippers, then the, the Spurs, the Pacers, then the Thunder and the Rockets, and then the Spurs again. That's the run right there where you have to capitalize on. Like I said, you have to win at least three, maybe four games in a row to really get back into this. But right now, like, again, we play Charlotte again, probably, you know, be a game below 500. Then we play Phoenix. Phoenix is kind of reeling right now. I think we could beat them and get a, you know, get back to 500, but that's not a get a gimme whatsoever. Toronto, same thing. I know Pascal is going to be out for a little bit of time. Same thing as Precious Achua. So that could help. And then we play the Wizards. Then we play the Cavs. So like, again, it's no easy nights, man. So I'm going to say that that stretch that I mentioned that starts off with the Pistons on December 6th, is going to be the key. Like, that's when you have to really start to get things right. And, again, like, it's still early in the season. We've only played 12 games. I'm not going to sit here and panic too much. Like, it is concerns to be had. I'm I'm, I'm going to keep making that point clear. Like, if you're judging this team, it's, I have no problem with doing that. It's clear, evident issues right now. But they haven't even played 20 games. They've been dealing with a couple injuries, which happens. So I'm not even going to use that as, as an excuse. But the best thing is that the trade deadline has not hit. And I don't know what, you know, if they're if they're heat are looking at this team right now, I don't know what the front office is contemplating on trading, but you're gonna have to trade somebody to get something in return that can help this team immediately because this team is just okay. And it's something out there that I think is willing to make that trade, then you gotta do it, man. You gotta go all in and just try and do anything. Cause like again, it's not a quick fix, but I do think it's not as difficult to fix as it may seem right now. So I'm just hoping I mean, they can do right. mm-hmm. yeah. And I couldn't say what, say what you were going to say, Kev. No, I'm done. I'm done. Got you. So, you know, for me, like, I just simply want to see this team, like, and I don't know if it's possible because I know, like, Kevin, you mentioned that you think that it probably won't take until December, early December, just for the heat to stay above 500. And that's probably going to be the scenario we'll see. But, like, for me personally, I just, like, by the time we hit the 20-game mark, I just want us to be above 500 and stay there. Because, you know, as I mentioned, I don't want to spend, like, a quarter of this season just trying to stay above the water like that when a championship team does not have to worry about stuff like that, you know? Like, and I get it. And you mentioned a good point, Kevin, because, you know, the teams you mentioned, like Orlando and all of them, you know, they have been playing good, especially Orlando. Like, they beat Golden State. I know they're still trying to figure stuff out, but still, you know, a tanking OKC team. I mean, they ended up losing, but, like, they were up three against Milwaukee, like, a few nights ago, and it was, like, in the fourth quarter. So even they were putting up a big fight against a team like them. So, 
you know what? It's going to be one of those situations where the Heat is just going to have to hopefully figure it out. But, like, a win streak, I need it for my soul. I need to see it happen real soon just so we can just stay above 500 and that it does not become a main worry for this team as we get deep into the season. Because you want guys like Jimmy to rest. I do not want to see him come on the floor and play even more 40-plus minute games because we know that's not what he wants to do in the regular season. And we need to save as much energy of his as possible when the playoffs start. Otherwise, it's going to be like 2021 again where he just simply doesn't have the fuel that's needed to lead us to victory. And uh, Orchard, how about you? You know, man, um, I think it's really about finding – just having a stretch where our chemistry just blends. Um, Like Kevin was saying, the stretch he mentioned, you know, that would be a great time. And it could happen. It could not happen. It's, it's, again, it's just really going to depend on when this team can connect together. It could even be after the, uh, I mean, maybe maybe by the trade trade deadline where if we make some moves, maybe the new roster will be able to, you know, change, make some changes and, They'll go on a winning streak again. So, like, I don't know if I can really tell you when I think they're going to go on a, you know, a good streak and go above uh, 0.500. But, again, it's just going to be really – it's really going to depend on when the team can figure – get their chemistry going together. And the thing is, like, I want to I wanna stay a little optimistic here because when you put it into perspective, there are so many good teams right now that are struggling. The Warriors, they're literally the – they're, like, the defending champions, and they're, like, four and seven right now. The Timberwolves, I mean, listen, I'm actually not a fan of the Timberwolves, and I don't really think that they're going to be that good. But based on the way their roster is constructed, they're supposed to, you know, finish as a pretty good seed in the West. And they're still, they're struggling. They're five and seven. The Clippers have had their issues. The Sixers have had their issues. Like, the list goes on. I just, it's, it's really early in the season, so I'm not going to be out here saying that it's over for the Heat. They're never going to get past .500. I, I think I think it's just gonna take a little bit of time and when we can find a good stretch where maybe the load the load on the load on us is not as high. And now I'm gonna hate myself for saying this, but there is a team that was able to figure it out last year and we know them and we don't like them. But the Celtics, I mean, we know that last year, I mean, they started off so bad that there were questions about whether they even the playoffs, that whether they're gonna be a playing team and all that, but you know, it just seemed like after the trade deadline when they were able to acquire some new players, they just gelled so well. Um, they, they just they were just unstoppable until the Heat, you know, beat them in the regular season. But, yeah, it, it's just going to take time, and hopefully we can, you know, make some moves that benefits our roster and helps this team figure out how to, you know, tackle their issues and become a bigger threat on offense because obviously we're having trouble – with our con- being consistent on offense. Right. And that's a good example you brought up, the Celtics. You know, I'm just hoping we see that tweet soon from Jimmy, Bam, or whoever, stating that the energy is about to shift because that's exactly what needs to happen for this team. And, I mean, you know, overall, like, and I'm going to be on the same train as you, Orch. Like, I'm just going to remain positive and see this team try to work things out. And I believe it is possible you know, I, I know there's still stuff to figure out. We all get that. And hopefully they can do that. And then, you know, also you mentioned by the trade deadline, the Heat can make some sort of move. And hopefully there is that type of deal the Heat can make. Now, 
what is that ideal trade package that could help us, you know, lower the worries and still make us look like championship contenders? I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, when you look at last season, I mean, we didn't really make any moves, but then the year before that, we went and we got Victor Oladipo, and obviously that didn't work out because he did get injured just four games into his Miami Heat career. But, you know, we've had successful trade deadlines in the past. You know, we all remember that 2020 deadline where we got Iguodala, Crowder, and Solomon Hill, and that team ended up being two wins away from winning a championship. So if the Heat could just come together and just find, you know, that type of deal that could help us, you know, make it back to where we were last year and go even further than the conference finals, I mean, that would be great. So we'll just see what happens, and we're just going to have to go from there. But overall, you know, we covered so much. Um, Before we end this episode, I just want to know what's our predictions for this next game against the Hornets. Like, well, who do y'all think is going to pop off for the Heat? Who do y'all think the random scrub Heat killer is going to be? Like, what, what are y'all's overall predictions? We'll start off with you, Orchard. Okay, so I'm going to say the Heat are winning tomorrow because my friend's a Hornets fan and he's coming over to watch with me. So I need something to throw in his face about us winning tomorrow. So I'm going to say that the Heat win tomorrow. Um, hopefully, I, I hope it'll be by about six points, I would say. Um, I kind of do expect us to blow a lead. It's going to be something where we blow a lead or we have to come back from a deficit because I just feel like that's that's been the pattern for the last couple of games. Um, for the random heat scrub killer, let's see. I don't know if I'd say Kelly Oubre is a random scrub, but I think he'll still go off because, you know, he, I think he, he did really well last game, but he kind of sold in the final minutes because he missed a couple of shots and then he also turned the ball over and overtime. So I think he's going to be looking to, um, bounce back after selling for the team or it could be Terry Rozier. It's going to be one of those two for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the keys for me is just, we just need to rebound and, you know, make sure we're getting defensive stops if, and for goodness sake, like not miss open shots. We, we got to make those open shots. No excuses, man. Right. And you Kev? Yeah, I definitely think scary Terry Terrosier is going to be the random heat scrub killer, even though I don't think he's a scrub like Orchard said, but I think Max Struess is going to have a game. I think he's going to hit five threes. I think we win the game by, I'll say, eight points. I think we win it by a comfortable margin, and it's not nearly as um, a headache and a, and a stress um, to watch as that last game was last night. So I think we win the game, look a little bit better, look more tightened up. You know, again, sadly, Dennis Smith Jr., I don't know if he's going to play or not, but that ankle injury did kind of look not as good as, you know, you would have hoped. But, I mean, you don't hope for anybody to get hurt. But – Hopefully he gets back soon, but I don't think he's going to play in this next game. So he was cooking too. I do not think Kelly Oubre is going to have the performance that he did last game. So that's why I think that he should win by about, I'll say, eight points. But and for me personally, I'm going to have the Heat winning this one too. I'm going to say they blow him out. You know, I say that Miami, they're just going to come into this game. And I don't know, hopefully winning this last game gives them – more motivation to just go on a bit of a streak. So I'm going to say now, hopefully we go on a winning streak. And by the time we do this next pod, maybe the Heat are, you know, undefeated throughout this past week. So 
hopefully that ends up being the situation for Miami and we'll just go from there. So I got the Heat blowing them out. And then I'm also anticipating a big game from either Struess or Gabe Vincent, you know, someone coming from the bench or maybe Tyler if he plays. So overall, I'm going to say either Vincent or um, Tyler. So we'll do, we'll go from there. And I don't know, hopefully this could be the start of the Heat going on a streak. That's what I hope every time we win a game. And aside from going on a two-game winning streak not too long ago, you know, we really haven't had anything to really get going for. But hopefully that could change by the time we hopefully win tomorrow's game and go on another two-game winning streak and just keep on adding on from there. But overall, that's basically about it. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. Um, Thank you to Kevin and Orchard for hopping in. Make sure to follow Kevin at Easy Money Kev 7 and make sure to follow Orchard at Jim VP versus the World. And make sure to follow Heat versus the World on Twitter at HVTW Podcast. You can also follow me at Joel K Jacob underscore. And make sure to follow us on all platforms um, Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok, everywhere. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World. And make sure to check out all the content we got, even with our shows like Biscayne Breakdown, Culture Shock, the first Miami Heat all-female podcast. We got all types of content heading your way, so you do not want to miss it. Aside from that, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. And we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. Hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.